Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And today we are going to be reviewing Balch. Yes. And the hell of it is you Yeah, we talked about this spelling before. Yes. B-A-L-J. Yes. But yes. B-A-L-J. Okay. Good. His full name is Balch Ibn Bishir. But he is also the nephew of Kultum, who we have talked about before. So we are right. in the South. We, we talked about right. Fabio and Alfonso I. Yes. Son and son-in-law of Pelayo. One right? very short episode and one much longer episode. Yes. And so now <laughs> we are jumping back to the South because Alfonso reigns for a very long time because mm-hmm. now we get to talk about the Civil War in Al-Andalus. Right, right. Yes. Um, how we have our regular sources. We have the Akbar Mahmua, we have mm-hmm. the Chronicle of 754, we have Ibn al so we have all of the usuals back. All right. Okay, good. Uh, so as I said, his name is Balsh Ibn Bashir, and he is the nephew of Kultum, who is Kultum Ibn Ayyad al-Kushairi. So they are both mm-hmm. al-Kushairi. They are, they are mm-hmm. members of this tribe together. Okay. All right. Kultum we actually first heard of because after the Berber revolt began and yes. Ubaidallah uh, just was horrifically decimated in two battles, <laughs> the Battle of the Nobles and then the White Buff Battle right outside of Tangiers after that. Hisham heard of this and he went, oh gosh, that is <laughs> terrible. So he immediately demoted Ubaidallah. Right. And he put this guy Kultum in charge. Sent him out right. to Ibrahim yes. and said, you deal right. with it. Yeah. I mean, as you say, the two battles, which I have in my notes here as trip to the ball bearing factory, followed by trip to the banana peel plant. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, Kultum was sent to Ifriqiya along with his nephew, Balsh, and yes. along with another man called Falaba. Falaba does not seem to be related to the two, but, but this is kind of the hierarchy. That okay. We- we have uh, first Kultum in charge, and then we have his nephew Balsh, and then we have this other guy, Falaba. F A L A B T H A L A B A. Oh, Falaba. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, so Hisham appoints Kultum and he says, look, there are these two guys in Ifriqiya who, who know <laughs> what's going on on the ground. One of them is named Harun, and the other one is named Mukith. He's like, go out there. Find out from them exactly what's going on and fix this problem because we have lost Tangiers. Everybody is still fighting and and this needs to be fixed. There are three columns of Berbers coming south always. Yes, Um, but we're still in North Africa at this point. Right, right. So Kultum, Balsh, Talaba, they all show up in Ifriqiya. They get to Kairuan. They meet with Harun and Mugdith and Mm. figure out what's going on. Kultum has brought an... A considerable amount of people from the east. Tons I, of troops from Syria. I would imagine. Um, <laughs> is is the army still in Sicily? They or, they have or, mostly come back, and they, they are joining okay. a huge contingent of Syrians, and also okay. a bunch of people that Kultum picked up in Egypt when they stopped. Uh, okay. All right. right. So he's been recruiting so, along the way. Gotcha. It says that there were uh, troops from every contingent of Syria, 6,000 from every one, uh, and 3,000 from Kinsarin, making 27,000 troops under Kultum's command, and then he summoned up 3,000 more in Egypt. <laughs> so at this point, the Berbers are thinking, okay, all right, this was fun, but seriously. Yeah, so there's 30,000 men. 
They get to Ifriqiya, they meet with the two commanders on the ground. He gave uh, Mukthith command of the foot soldiers, Harun got command of the cavalry, and they head out for Tangiers because that's where that's where the Berbers are, right? Right, along with a lot of dead bodies. With Along uh, with a lot of dead bodies. Right, very weak chins and thin blood. Uh, okay. Uh, now, Kultum has reason to be optimistic for this mm. battle because they have cavalry and the Berbers do not. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this isn't just like the nobility that Ubaid Allah was able to scrape up. These are trained cavalry forces. Right, These are knights, right. You know? uh, but the Berbers do know this. They know that they don't have the cavalry forces to meet this cavalry. So their choice is to completely decimate the cavalry first and then meet the army foot soldier to foot soldier. Right. right. I don't uh, want to know how they decimate the cavalry, do I? This is uh, well, I, I, I will tell you because it's oh. a Mahmua. It's, it's okay. Story, right. So they get there, and uh, Kultum has a defensive trench dug yes. right outside the walls of Tangiers, and, right. and he's ready to go. And Harun and Mukith say, let's wait. Let's draw them out. We're going to stay behind the trench. We're going to await the attack. We'll take the cavalry to go behind them. And attack mm-hmm. the villages around, but but you guys stay here, right? Right. No, yeah. so they're, they're getting ready. That that's right. That that is the plan of the people who have been in Ifriqiya, know the terrain, know what's right. And and also that's what you do with a trench. Yes. I mean that's that's literally why we dug the damn thing. Balsh, uh, <laughs> okay. on the other hand, has another oh, no. idea. Oh no. He comes to his uncle and, according to the Akbar Mahmua, says, "Quote." Do not agree to this. Do not be afraid of their numbers. Most of them are naked and unarmed. They have not a weapon between them. So Baal says, let's go. Let's let's take the advantage, storm on them. They're just naked tribesmen. We can on the other hand, it is worth pointing out that an army of naked guys is fairly intimidating in and of itself. Well, um, I must say, in all of these sources, both the Arab sources and the Chronicle of 754, there's a lot of, uh, frankly, very racist talk about. Oh, <laughs> we're frightened of the Berbers because of their dark skin and their. Ah, oh. and, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. A reminder that human nature sucks no matter what culture you're coming it from. It does. It does. Okay. Right. So Kultum listens to Balsh. He always listens to what Balsh has to say. He thinks the, the sun shines out of Balsh's butt. Okay. So instead of listening to the two commanders that the Caliph himself told him to listen to, he mm. says, you know what, Balsh? You got a great plan. Let's just jump out and attack. Oh, Balsh. Okay. So here is where we learned how the Berbers planned to deal with the cavalry. They were okay. like, we can't really take down this many horses. So we need to panic the cavalry. Hmm. They take the, the beasts of burden that they have, which are mares, and they tie animal skins and bags filled up with like rocks and beans to their mane and their tail. And then they, they whip the mares so that they run straight at the cavalry. Ah. So uh-huh. all of these attachments are like flapping around, freaking out the mares. And once right. they get to the cavalry, it freaks out the cavalry horses too. Right. Uh, just quick, quick follow-up. Any particular reason why it's mares? Uh, just- I think it's just to indicate that they didn't really have 
cavalry horses. Like these are horses, but these are just like oh, like okay. drawing horses well, or work horses. Because we already have met, I think, our our racism requirement for the episode. I just wanted to make sure we were reaching our sexism episode. Oh no, uh, it, there's nothing right. sexist about. Oh, okay, all right, all right. These are the horses they have. They're work horses. They're not okay, like yeah. mighty stallions. Ah, okay, all right. If you tie gotcha. a bunch of noisy stuff to their manes, and right. They, scare them in the direction of the the stallions stallions are going to be pretty scared right we, we put baseball cards in the spokes of our bikes yes. um and and ran them towards the opposite side okay got it yes so this panics the cavalry most of the sure. riders lose their mounts at this point uh-huh. horses running away freaked out by all this noise and flapping and just chaos that's right worked great yeah so the battle doesn't go well after that no, no. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, maybe after the last two battles and now this one, maybe we just let the Tangiers keep it. You, you would think so. Uh, I mean, it's... The battle was fiercely fought. Everybody is getting right into the center of it. Uh, Harum and Mukhith are not spared from this. They are in there fighting with their own hands and they both mm. end up killed. Of course. Kultum is also in the midst of fighting. And according to the Akbar Mahmuha, this uh-huh. is a quote, oh. but Kultum stood firm. Then a Syrian soldier passed by him. And according to what someone whom I trust told me, he, Kultum, was struck on the head with the sword and his scalp fell over his eyes. But he replaced it, calling to encourage his men who tried feebly to defend him and reciting the verse, verily God will purchase the souls of the Muslims and their wealth. Then he continued reciting the verse, no one can die without God's decision that he has arrived at his appointed end. I would just like to point out, <laughs> okay, yes. part of his head came off the and top. he grabbed it and put it back on. He that is what Daffy off. Duck does when he takes a shotgun to the face. Yes, it's very Looney Tunes. So he takes it off of his scalp, <laughs> replaces it on his head, recites an entire right. verse from the Quran. Right. Informed the Syrian that he was despicable and... <laughs> <laughs> All right. You will not be surprised to hear that after the Kultum's <laughs> army has to retreat, because it does. Yeah. Uh, Kultum then dies later that night. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, the troops were totally demoralized and wow. not survive. And that's what happens when you listen to Balsh. This is what happens uh, when you listen to Balsh. But now Balsh is in charge because he's just uh, like in the well, hierarchy with Kultum. <laughs> Balsh Falaba. Now uh-huh. he's dead. The two commanders from Ifriqiya are dead, so now it's Balsh. Oh, this is... Uh, yeah. Talk about the opposite of what ought to have. Karma was taking a nap. This is not what should happen to Balsh. Yes, that is not what, what should have happened, but that is exactly uh, what happened. Kultum is the one that died. Yep. Balsh is the one that survived. Okay. When he kind of gathered his forces to see what was left, uh, <laughs> oh. there, there's not a lot. Not a lot. Oh. Talking like 7,000 after an original say, third. Yeah, this is, he's going to rally the troop. Yes. Um. <laughs> basically. So yeah. they retreat into Ceuta. Mm. And we mentioned this several times. Ceuta is a town on the, in the north of Africa, in, uh, surrounded by modern-day Morocco, and it belongs to Spain. 
currently. Right. It's an interesting bit right there at the Straits of Gibraltar. The very bottom tip of Spain, Gibraltar, does not right. belong to Spain. It is British. It yes. is belongs to the UK. But yes. there are two towns on the North African side of the Straits, Ceuta, and the other one is Melilla, and they uh -huh. both belong to Spain. Okay. Yeah. So so it's 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 a very um very strange bit. So he's in sure. Ceuta has always been linked to Spain. This isn't just something that modern geopolitics decided. Remember that mm. Ilyan, the, the count that helped to reek. Right. Right. He, I was going to go way back to, yeah. Uh, so he pulls well, back. You figured, I mean, you would figure given the incredible importance of the, the, the Straits of Gibraltar, that anybody on either, on immediately either side of that who could take a bit, at least, of the other side yes. would do so. Yes. Um, so that just makes sense. They, they pull back to Ceuta, which was a pretty good choice. I mm -hmm. mean, it's well fortified. There's lots of inhabitants, fertile land all around. Walsh mm -hmm. thinks that this is probably the best place to stay and, and kind of regroup. He's going to valley forge in Ceuta. Right. Okay. Now, the rumors send a contingent after him, and Balsh comes out with the remnants of the army and defeats them, right? Oh, he forces finally them. racks up a W. Nicely done. He does. Burgers try again. Mm -hmm. Same result. They're not able to dislodge Balsh from Ceuta. Balsh mm. is too powerful and too protected, mm. right? Okay. So when the Berbers figure, you know, this is not going to work for us, this is never going to happen, they mm. destroyed everything around Ceuta for two days' march. Of course. Of course. Crops, pulled down the houses, evacuated yep. the inhabitants, gone. Right. So, yeah, basically, you can have Moscow, but good luck eating. Yeah, so um, they didn't eat. They had right. no no food left. Balsh and his men had to make forays further and further out to get supplies. But eventually, even these dried up. They could not get any more. They were forced to eat their mounts. Somewhere and... in the north of Spain, someone is saying, have you tried honey? because <laughs> uh, that'll get you through just letting you know so he's in Ceuta and we saw this in uh Ibn Khatan's episode he reaches out to Al-Andalus right he says help 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 we're starving <laughs> to death we're surrounded by Berbers mm. we are all going to die right and Ibn Khatan says well he says nothing he ignores right. he doesn't want a Syrian army on Andalusian soil he thinks that's a bad idea. Right. This but eventually, yeah. the suffering is too great. Mm -hmm. Too many people know about it. And he's starting to look really bad, refusing to help fellow Muslims. Right. So he says, okay, come over, help us fight the Berbers, because now the Berber rebellion is going on here. Mm -hmm. And then go back. Okay. Oh, oh, you're adorable. <laughs> Balsh says, great, we'll do that. But he, he, I don't think he ever intended to go back. No, Balsh, Balsh, you could hear the cracking of knuckles. He had, he was, you know, basically crossing his fingers that hard behind his back. Oh, well, I mean, the countryside around Ceuta is completely barren. Right. It's, they send it's, them yes. back. What are they sending them back to? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nothing. Sending him back to certain death again. But Balsh says, yes, yes, sure, of course. Mm. And we saw how that worked out in Ibn Khatan's episode. The Berber revolt was put down. 
Yes. Uh, this is basically this is basically going to the mob for one favor with the understanding that once you meet this one favor, our business association will be at an end. And the mob says, sure. Yes. Well, when we left Ibn Khatan's episode, what we had was the bulk of the Andalusian army is yes. in Toledo. Mm -hmm. In Toledo with Ibn Khatan's two sons, Khatan yep. and Umeya. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're there with the bulk of the army who have just had a great victory over the Berber column that was threatening that city. We have in Cordoba, we have Ibn Khatan, but the remaining forces with him are a little beleaguered. That was a more <laughs> difficult battle. And then we have Balsh's forces in the south around mm -hmm. Algeciras. Balsh then decides he's not going to leave. He's not going back to Ceuta because the Berber revolt is still raging in North Africa. So he comes north from Algeciras to Cordoba. Yep. Comes into the city. Not too difficult for him to do. No, no. Ibn Khatan captive wants to have him stand up in front of everyone and say, yes, Balsh should be the governor. And Ibn Khatan refuses. And so he is decapitated. Yes. Well, at least he wasn't uh, crucified between a... Uh... Oh, wait, yes, he that, was. Yes, he was. Actually, both <laughs> They cut off his head, and then they hung him on a cross. Right. Between... A dog <laughs> and least... a... Yes, exactly. Got, yeah. Always got to remember that. Always got to remember that. Right. So that's where, that's where we left things, and that immediately sparks a civil war. And yeah, it does. They've just finished the Berber Revolt. They've just put that down, and now it's time for a civil war. But Sarah, you may ask me, I thought everyone hated Ibn Khattad, and they, he was very unpopular during his first term. Why uh, would anybody I, I, yes. rise up in favor of him? Let us take that question as read. Please proceed. Oh, well, <laughs> yes. So I will tell you why, Peter. Okay, good. <laughs> First of all, yes, Ibn Khattad was not very popular in Al-Andalus. No. During his first term, he appointed all these judges that nobody liked, and he was very cruel and harsh. And uh, when he was overthrown by Ukba, everyone kind of went, okay, cool. Yeah, there was, cool. No, there was no push to keep him on the throne. Yes. So why now? Well, much like the differences between Ibn Khattan's first term as governor and second term as governor as a whole, mm. there's a lot about the situation on the ground that is different in 743. Yes. Yeah. First of all, there's an army in the field that is being led by Ibn Khattan's two sons. And there we have it. That, that does a lot for <laughs> having someone willing to avenge your death. If it's your yes. own sons and they have an army, you can bet that they are not going to take Balsh mm -hmm. declaring himself governor very quietly. No! Katan and Umeya, specifically Umeya, is mentioned in the sources as the son who really leads most mm -hmm. of this side of the civil war. They get a lot of support from a lot of other people in Al-Andalus. As a matter of fact, the governor of Narbonne comes personally to help fight. Wow. Okay, so either his sons were not affected by the stink of unpopularity or Balsh just sucked that much. Well, it wasn't um, just that Balsh sucked that much. <clears throat> At this point, okay, it's 742-743. Sources now will start talking about a group of people, both in Al-Andalus and in North Africa. They have different names. A lot mm. of people call them the settler Arabs. Some people call them the indigenous Arabs or the native Arabs. Basically, <laughs> these are people of Arab ancestry. 
-hmm. right? So they're not native to Al-Andalus. They're not right. native to North Africa. Right. It's been three to four generations at this mm. point. They were born in North Africa or Al-Andalus. Their parents were born in Africa or Al-Andalus. They're from there. So they are, in that sense, native. As in, yes. I was born here, so <laughs> yes, they are. They are native. They are from Africa and from Al Andalus right. in the way that you and I are from America. Right. We're, right. We're are not... we native? We are not. No. But like, where else are we supposed to be from? Right. Exactly. Yeah. We're we're not we're or we're native. We're not Aboriginal or what? What we're not first name. Uh, anyway, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I get it. exactly. We are not indigenous. But we right. are, we were born here. Our parents were right. born here. Right. Right. Okay. Balsh has come with between seven and 10,000 of, that's what is uh, uh, remaining, of, mm. uh, of an army from Syria. Right. These people came straight from Syria. They've never lived in North Africa or Al-Andalus. Their commander, Kultum, was not from North Africa or Al-Andalus. As a matter of fact, he did not listen to the settler Arabs right. who were in Ifriqiya <laughs> and told him how he should handle that battle. And everyone got killed as a result. And everyone got killed as a result, mm -hmm. right? So it's not so much that everyone hated Balsh or that everyone loved Ibn Khattan. It was more that there was 10,000 members of an army from right. a completely different nation that were not from this place that look, it looks like an invading army. Right. I is mean, what it, it, looks like. it It doesn't matter if your local team is a collection of thugs and losers. They're still your local team and the out of town team it, are the bad guys. It just has to. That's just how it works. Yeah. So okay. Katan and Umeya found mm. it really easy to gather troops gotcha. to fight against Balsh because it, it, even Berbers participated. A lot mm -hmm. of Berbers honestly <laughs> did hate Balsh personally. Oh, of course. Well, he certainly had spent a lot of time trying to kill them with varying degrees of success. Yes. Yeah, so many Berbers who had survived the Berber Rebellion mm. were still willing to ally with Arabs just so they could fight Balch. The enemy of my enemy. Yes, that's exactly how it worked. This is what uh, Al-Makari says about it. Quote, when Katan and Umeya, the two sons of Abdul-Malik, heard of their father's execution, they fled from Cordoba and having collected together some forces, swore to revenge their father's blood. They <laughs> no were doubt, soon... shaking their fists at a stormy sky. Yes. <laughs> right. uh, they were soon joined not only by all the Arabian tribes which had settled in Andalus previous to the arrival of the Syrians and who were envious of their success, but by the Berbers themselves, who from all parts of the country now flocked under their standard. Well, that must have led for some awkward conversations. Hey, weren't yes. we trying to kill each other last time last year? Yes, yes, yes they, they were. Yes, <laughs> yes, they were. The fighting was fierce. They met up not far for, outside of Cordoba, because mm -hmm. that's where Balsh was. Sure. Uh, and the governor of Narbonne, who unfortunately is a guy named Abdel Rahman, so I will just call him the governor of Narbonne, because we got a Thank lot you. of Abdel Rahman flying around. Say, that is a Smith and Jones type of name. Well, All it's right. a very popular name. We're going to have several of them coming up. I see. Yes. So the governor of Narbonne comes down with the contingent all the way from Septimania, and he is raring to go. He mm. gets to the battlefield, and he says to, to Katan and Umeya, which one of them is Balsh? I want to kill him myself. 
<laughs> they do point him out to, to yeah. the governor of Narbonne. They say, well, you know, it's right. that guy already. See the guy in the really big hat? That's, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> uh, actually, the Akbar Magmuha says that they pointed him out saying, the one on the white horse. Oh, well, there you go. There, okay. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, he was also carrying the standard. So obviously, okay. yeah, you know. Yeah. Abdel Rahman, the, the governor of Narbonne, jumps right in and strikes Balsh on the head twice. Wow. Just completely just wails but, but Balsh manages to hold on to his scalp, presumably. He does not lose his scalp like his All brother. Right. He does not put the top part of his head back onto his skull. Immediately, I'm less interested. I'll be honest. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> this does not immediately end the battle. It was very surprising for Balsh and his yes. horses, but they <laughs> rally and they fight. Nobody blew the whistle. What the hell is this? Right. Yes. They come back at the governor of Narvon so fiercely that he had to fall back behind his own ranks. All right. So, yeah. They fight fiercely all day mm -hmm. in the evening they they retreat back to their own camps and within a few days balsh dies from his wounds of course he does yes of course he does of course everybody uh in the sources says that it was because of the blows from the governor of narbonne because yes that sounds because cool but who that's knows? the story absolutely yes. the governor of narbonne okay this is uh this is a reference from 10 years ago but the governor of Morbon pulled a leroy jenkins and, <laughs> he did pull a leroy jenkins and th that's a great story because you're supposed to lose when you do that but to pull a leroy jenkins and win way better yes <laughs> so this happens at the end of the year 742 so balsh's rule was maybe 10 months i was gonna say brief i don't think very brief over. yeah we didn't flip over a calendar we um, did okay All however right. his rule has ended but the civil war has not and i don't know where else to put it so we're going to continue all right what the hell we started with Coltum. after mm. the top of his head came off it was balsh yes now we're getting to the third guy i mentioned at the beginning bala ah, he bala. takes over he came with right. balsh over he survived the attack in north africa he survived starvation in ceuta mm. he came over and put down the berbers in al-andalus and right. now he is in charge right. of and this syrian army when the governor came running at him he had the wisdom to duck uh, yes he did <laughs> He did. So Thalaba is now uh, in charge. Okay. Uh, he, again, continues the civil war that Balsh began, and the fighting <laughs> is furious. There are mm. several battles recorded between Thalaba and the settler Arabs, the people of Al-Andalus. It's uh, the Akbar Mahmouha says he went to attack them, meaning the Andalusians, but they met him with such forces that though he fought furiously, it was to no avail. So oh. it sounds like it was a brutal and bloody civil war. Certainly does. Uh, yes. Is is there a sense of Catan and Umea being, I mean, good at this? I mean, that's- I, I think they are. I mean, you don't, tr well, sometimes you do trust your armies to your son who is like a, a, a nitwit, but it, oh, seems God, like yes. it seems like this was good for Ibn Catan to if, trust If this the were the Russian to... history podcast, it could be entirely, it would be titled Trusting the Army to a Nitwit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it seems that Ibn Katan didn't do this. Omega okay. is actually pretty good at this. All right, good, good. Eventually, Thalaba retires with the Syrian army to Merida. You remember Merida? It's been a while since we've been there. It has Where Winterick was from. 
Yes. Oh God, we are. Really uh, that was bad. that was the holdout. Tariq had to make a special trip over there. Right. It's it's kind of the cultural center of Catholicism, of mm. Visigoth, etc. So Thalaba ends up there. It's in the southeast uh, or kind of center east of, mm. of Spain, right? So he he takes refuge there. I'm just going to point out, you know, if you're in a major religious center, it wouldn't kill you to build a mosque. It wouldn't, but he doesn't. <laughs> Damn it! Unfortunately. Uh. He withdraws to Merida. Of course, the, the settler army, the Andalusian army follows. And, and what ensues is a siege. Right? Uh, of course. While this siege is going on, the Feast of Id al-Fitr occurs. This is a Muslim holiday. It is uh, one that is right. marked with, as many holidays are, feasting and happiness and parties and does, all does kinds it, of great stuff. Just because I'm, I'm, I'm bone ignorant, does it celebrate anything... Obviously, it celebrates something specific. Does it celebrate anything I should know about? Or it's the end of Ramadan. Oh, oh well, then, then yeah, it, yeah, I, huge I, would, I would imagine it would be an amazing feast. Yes, <laughs> it's actually a free day festival. Oh, right? nice. Yeah, it, it, okay, it, it, sure. it takes it takes a while, right? right? So this holiday happens while the siege is going on. Oh, bummer. It's like having to work on Christmas. It is uh, kind of like having to work on Christmas, but that does, but the, the settler Arabs, the Andalusians, do not let having to work stop them from uh -huh. having a nice little party. Good. Yes. All right. Yes. So yes, they're out, they're outside the walls of Merida and they are roasting goat and having sure. a wonderful time. Boy, this is sure nice having food. Well, Falaba looks at them and he noticed that they're becoming pretty careless right oh. they're busy celebrating he's mm -hmm. trapped in there but they're not paying as much attention as they probably should uh-huh so the next morning he gathers up the army and he attacks them at first light oh he's, he's doing a washington in the delaware he the does hessians are, the hessians are all getting drunk hey well <laughs> okay the other important thing about this is this is an important holiday. It wasn't just the soldiers there. Their wives and children have come to celebrate. Ooh, and things just took a very dark turn. And Falaba okay. takes them all prisoner. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is, if you read the Chronicle of 754, the, the author of the Chronicle mm. of 754, who is anonymous, but you can tell by the date, he was alive during the Civil War. Every time he mentions Balsh, he has to throw in some aside about how terrible he is. Right. And how awful it is. So this is shocking. This taking yeah, of women and yeah, children as prisoners. According to the Akbar Mahmuha, uh, Thalaba captured 10,000 or more. And he, uh, he sent them back to Cordoba. At this point... Hisham catches up with what's going on back in Damascus. He gets yeah. a report of what has happened with Kultum, with Balsh, with, with everything. Yeah. And he is not pleased. He's like, I was going to say, I imagine the dispatches are mostly just a series of transcribed screams. Well, he sent Kultum <laughs> to straighten everything out. And now there's another war. Right. Like, how did that happen? How did yeah. that happen? So Hisham uh. says, all right. No more fooling around. I am sending one more person who is going to straighten this out, and that is Hanzala. Okay. He says, Hanzala, you go to Ifriqiya. You're going to be the governor of Ifriqiya, and I want you to appoint somebody good to be the governor of Al-Andalus, and I want the fighting to stop. Hanzala actually does this. 
Oh, okay. Yes. It, so we finally said, so basically Hanzala is uh, Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction. He's, yeah, he's he goes out you, and he's the guy you send in to fix everything. He does put down the last remnants of the Berber revolt in mm-hmm. North Africa. This is right. 743. So it took over three years, but it's finally put to and bed. A lot of dead bodies. And a lot of death. And he appoints his cousin as the governor of Al-Andalus, and this is a guy named Abu al-Qatar. Okay. A-B-U. Yes. A-L. Okay. And then K-H-A-T-T-A-R is what I have. Abu al-Qatar arrives in Al-Andalus, and he finds where Thalaba is, and the sources differ on what's what's going on at this point. (laughs) Some sources say that there is an open pitched battle happening, like just a battle of the civil war. The (laughs) Al-Andalusians are fighting the Syrians when Abu al-Qatar shows up with his standard and his letter. All right. He's got his suitcase. (laughs) The Akbar Mahmoud tells an even darker story. He says when Abu al-Qatar shows up, he, uh, he goes to Merida, Uh, He goes to Cordoba, excuse me. Falaba is there with all the women and children and old men and whatnot that he has captured, and he is auctioning them off to the the lowest bidder. Oh, gross. Oh, Not to the highest bidder, to the lowest bidder. Wow. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. The the Akbar Mahmoufa includes an example. Uh, Uh, It is said that he auctioned Ibn al-Hassan, an old man from Medina, and a Al-Harith ibn Asad of the Banu Juhaya from Medina, the auctioneer saying, who will take a loss by buying these two old men? Someone called, I shall buy one of them for 10 dinars. The auctioneer oh. called, who will pay less? Whoa! He, he continued asking until one was purchased for a dog and the other for a young goat. Again with the dogs! Good At Lord. least this one's alive! Yeah, that's true. At least we hope. You want to imagine the scene where the auctioneer is whispered off to the side and suddenly the auctioneer comes back and says apparently i have misunderstood what my job here is. <laughs> so abu al-qatar shows up in the middle of one of these two activities with the standard of the caliph and all of the sources agree that he shows up and everyone kind of turns <laughs> and looks at him like oh, oh what's yeah. going on and right. Abu al-Qatar looks at the scene in front of him, whether it's a battle or whether it's an auction to the lowest bidder of old men and children, yeah. and says, what are you doing? It's basically like Mary Poppins shows up right when the orgy is getting going. Everybody realizes, oh, this is just not good. And he basically looks at everyone and says, do you actually want to keep fighting? Like, is this right. is this what you want? And yeah. everyone looks at each other and says, no. No. No, we don't. Oh, Actually, we... we're real tired of this. What and Abu Al-Qatar says, look, I got a letter from the <laughs> caliph and the governor of Ifriqiya that says I'm in charge. Do yeah. you want me to be in charge? And Muhammad the Saracen says, told me this place was a mess, but I really didn't understand what he meant. And everyone says, yes, please, that would be good. Oh, that's so awesome. And that's how the Civil War ends. Wow. I mean, that's equal parts delightful and embarrassing. (laughs) Um, It's really just, 
That's wonderful. So that was the life and governorship of Balsh and the uh -huh. ending of the civil war that he started. Right. Uh, is is Salaba okay at the end? We'll of find all out this? what happens to him. Oh, of course we will. Yeah, all we right. Will. But he does he does not die. All right. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. that's something. That's something. Well, are you ready to read wow. Balsh? I I am. I'm very confused, but I am. <laughs> Me too. Let's right. get started. Okay. All right. So conquistadores, how much land did he conquer? How good was he at battling? Things of that nature. Well, well, <laughs> it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, for Tangiers alone, he needs to not be scored highly. Right. So I he mean... starts out his military career by giving really bad advice to his uncle. Such yeah. that his uncle ended up with the top of his skull in his own hands. Right. This is basically saying to the light brigade, go ahead and charge. This will be fine. Wow. So that's not a good start. No, no, it's not. On the other hand, he did help put down the Berber revolt in Spain. He did. He and did. then he usurped the governor of Spain, Ibn Khattab. True true i mean while he was governor he did not expand the borders any no but he did fight a fierce civil war in which he seemed to be pretty evenly matched his forces seemed to be pretty evenly matched with the settler arabs yeah, yeah until a guy came up and hit him on the head that is uh, true now i will say at this point it's a, a, a huge shame this is one of those um accidents of history Mm -hmm. that we don't know more about the individual battles of the civil war true I've been saying that true. there were many that they were fierce that many people died the chronicler yes. of 754 actually wrote quite a bit about this civil war like i said oh, he really? was alive during mm -hmm. it right okay in the chronicle of 754 he alludes to this and he says so great were the battles that ensued between the armies gathered by the easterners with their leader balsh and the Westerners other, under Abdalmalik's son, Umayyah, as the mm. era expired in the already noted year of Emperor Leo and of Hisham, that the human tongue is scarcely able to express it. But because no one in all of Spain is ignorant of these events, this history has only summarized these tragic wars. In a separate work, already written by my own pen, all of the events have been laid out clearly. Oh, you son of a bitch. That work is uh, lost. Of course it is. Yes. Oh. So the chronicler of 754 wrote a detailed chronicle of Balsh's civil war, and we just don't have it. And so felt entitled to yada, yada, yada. It. Oh, here, this is bad. Yes. Okay. So I wish I had more detail on the specific battles of the civil war, but that was laid out by a guy in uh, 754, and then we lost his book. Mm. Yes. I'm, I'm so, so why do we give such a mixed bag? Yeah, and then well, as you point out, he gets bopped on the head okay. by the governor of Narbonne and taken out in one of the early battles. Yeah, I would like to point out that, yes, obviously we have to rate his accomplishments, but if you look at the beginning and you look at the end, it it's is clear he good. fundamentally learned nothing. Was asked to come in and help end the Berber revolt in Spain and did must give credit to that, took the army immediately afterwards and seized power. Again, must give credit to that. 
but yeah. too humil and it's that the losses weren't just bad they were humiliatingly bad now balsh's forces did win the battle in which he was killed yes but again how much credit can we give him for that i don't know (laughs) i mean come on it it really does i mean all right i i uh, um i'm thinking three i was gonna say four so i think we're kind of in the same yeah same place you give him a a three i'll I'll give him a three but but I, I will say that your 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 history as a, a general is very entertaining. Yes, um, lots to talk about. But it's that... just not entertaining for the reasons you'd like it to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so that is a seven for Conquistadores. Wow, okay. Our next category is No Me Digas. This is probably a good category. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Not only does he have really bad judgment Uh and, you know, a compulsion for getting his own way, he's also extremely cruel to those that he's triumphed over. Cut a guy's head off and then hung him up between two domestic animals. I mean, right off the bat. (laughs) And according to some sources, he decapitated Ibn Khattab right there. Wow. Like, as soon as the words were out where Ibn Khattab oh. says, I am the rightfully appointed governor, just the sword came out and the head Oh, came out. Uh, yeah, that's a Monty Python. That uh, is a Monty line. Python uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, 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 okay. So, so cruelty. And also, I mean, I don't think we can necessarily put all of the blame for Thalaba's cruelty on Balsh, but it kind no. of... It kind of speaks to the type of army that Balsh was running. That when right. Talaba says, let's attack our fellow Muslims on a holy day, capture the women and children, and then sell them to the lowest bidder. Lowest bidder. Yeah. That like is... that, that speaks of the organ kind of organization that right. Was he you created this culture and it and it and it carried on after you, clearly. Yeah. Also, you know, kind of worth remembering that he said to his father, don't worry, this will be an easy win. And as a result, sorry, his uncle, uh, his uncle got Looney Tune. So so that's a story. That is definitely a thing to which someone would say, no me digas. I think think we have to, yeah. um, Now there's no indication of bedroom antics. There's no, no, you know, nothing like that. But I think the cruelty and just how bad he was at his job. I I know we already kind of marked him down in Conquistadores, but it's notable. If Thalaba is the sort of person who will sell women to the lowest bidder, and nobody bats an eye. Yeah. It does suggest that Balsh wasn't great no. on that subject either. Um, I know that we don't give points for speculation, but at the same time, eh. um, I'm going to go six. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking six. I, I'm going to go five. I mean, yeah. All right. All right. It's a pretty yeah. good uh, score. Yeah. So that yeah. is an 11 for Nomadique. Yep. Okay, orthodoxia is our third category. How religious were they? Uh, I don't have any stories about him being religious. No, I got, yeah. I I, do think it's a little 
upsetting that okay it's not an official mosque at this time but mm. he called everybody together in the place where they normally pray and right. has ibn katan's head right and and you know it's 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 a little it's, awful you know that's that's sort of a you know to, to, to make the christian equivalent where two or more are gathered in my name etc cetera, etc cetera. Yes. It, it's a place of worship yes. maybe we don't maybe it's not technically uh, architecturally it's a mosque but if you're using it to make your daily prayers it's a mosque yeah. and and that's messed up we could also say something about the lava attacking on uh, a holy day i was gonna say that's that's the thing that really gets me is if yeah. you if you do that you clearly do not give much of a rip yeah. about yeah i think uh i think basically he didn't do anything positive and he did quite a few negative things so i'm i'm pretty willing to give him a zero on this I think one we have to give him yeah a zero. absolutely for sure yep. and not just a zero for doing nothing a zero for being actively right right i was gonna say we don't do negative points here but this is this is this is bad this yeah, is not good. bad yeah all right well sorry Bosch. that is a zero for orthodoxia all right, our final category is El Resto. Well, he didn't have a very long reign, only 10 months. 10 months? That is not impressive. He did not have any children that we know of, and it's possible that he just didn't have any children. Right. Some of these people, obviously, they, they probably had children, but they didn't, they didn't take any part in international politics, right? You know so what I don't... We don't hear about yeah, them. I have not noted here. How, do we know how old he was um well we know that Kultum was quite old when he was appointed mm, and that's part mm -hmm. of the reason why Balsh and Thalaba went along because his sure. was like this guy might just die oh and indeed he did just yeah not but the way just like anybody old. saw coming <laughs> um. so Balsh is is probably in his 40s or 50s oh okay because there was a, there's a lot of there's a lot of punk kid in his behavior that, there uh, is I, you think all of that would have gotten right. sorted out by this point right um okay all right uh his death was i mean dying in battle is pretty cool yeah but he might die in battle he, he kind of pulled an abdal rachman where he was attacked by his enemy and then died a couple days later and i'm sorry just to, he was escorted from the battlefield with little birds twittering in a circle yes, he was. Head. i mean come on yeah so so that's not great his legacy is that he started a civil war and completely wrecked the entire countryside of al-andalus for right. about a year Right, and also to make Sayuta, uh, yeah, uh, a barren wasteland, unlivable. Uh, yes. So that was nice. That was great. But um, his civil war was so bad that when a replacement showed up from the caliph, everybody turned and looked at him and said, "Yeah, let's stop. This has been all right." Right. There's there's a lot to be said for sucking <laughs> so hard. Yes. That uh that all your replacement needs is a notarized letter <laughs> i don't feel like i can give him very much no 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 i i i feel as though he is the epitome of someone who failed upward for in the early stages yeah um, if his uncle hadn't been a great general right. i don't know that he would have even been involved in any of this unlike some of our previous uh instances of people who who found themselves in charge uh unexpectedly um 
not not a secret genius not an incompetent no um but somebody with a blind spot towards the degree to which catastrophe is absolutely a factor in what happens he started a civil war the outcome of that civil war is significant that having been and he he, and he ruined some stuff um yeah so so in that sense i will give him a a one I was also I don't think one. I, I'm not gonna give him any more than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think that he because ten months. Yeah. I mean, no, no. Ten I mean, awful months. Right, ten awful months. And that's basically it. You as I say, you you managed to accomplish the task of making it easier for someone to take over by being so awful, and that's a legacy of a sort. I guess. But not much of one. Right. That's that's a one. So that's a two for El mm-hmm. Resto, and that means his total score is 20. 20. Oh, 20 yeah, feels good. high, but I mean, but points are points. I, you know, points are points. I, Most of those right. points are for his um, scandal. Mm, mm-hmm. But we do have one more question to ask ourselves. Did oh, star shine uh, bright? Okay, I'm not even going to. Yeah, he's not going to sign the plan. Yeah, he? no. He's a, yeah, do we really have to have this conversation? No, no we don't want him signing fuera. any sort of charter. We are yes. going to tell him, fuera. Yes, this Sorry, is specifically Balsh. why we have the basket of rotten fruit. <laughs> Get out. Shoot. Oh, well, let us know what you think. We love to hear from fans. We have a Twitter, Facebook, and Gmail account. That's all Spanish Arpada. We also have a website, which is SpanishArpada.com. Recommendations time. Now, this is when we give some recommendations that have nothing to do with Spanish history, necessarily. I am going to recommend a book. This is a book that uh, is actually written by a... I, I will call him a friend. Okay. He and I know each other only from online, the online world. He ran a blog uh, for many years called Gin and Tacos, which was, despite the name, uh, a, a political blog. And I became one of his most consistent commentators at one point. He actually made an aside that if he ever decided to retire, he was going to turn the blog over to me. So that was a very flattering thing. He's now uh, left that behind and has become a pretty consistent freelance, I would say, academic e interpreter of political trends. Anyway, his name is Ed Bermilla. That is B-U-R-M-I-L-A. And he has just published his very first book, and it is called Chaotic Neutral, How the Democrats Lost Their Soul in the Center. And it is a book where basically he is he himself is a progressive he is someone who basically uh, has voted democrats most of his adult life and has basically pointed out that we have had this trend in america the republicans becoming increasingly conservative shall we say and that has been the narrative that has dominated all of the discussion where politics is going in america for a about 30 years, he said this narrative has taken all the oxygen out of the room when, in fact, the other narrative, which we have ignored, is that the Democrats have become a party of feckless corporate do-nothings. And he has really decided to look at how this came to be, how Democrats went from being essentially the champions of 
real progressive politics in the era of the New Deal, in the era of the civil rights bill, uh, civil rights legislation, uh, et cetera, et cetera, how they went from labor-friendly, genuine populist, basically, uh, as he says, as I say here, describing uh, the, the book itself, tracing the party's metamorphosis from defender of labor rights, civil rights, and a robust social safety net to a timorous, ideology-free, regulation-averse lifestyle brand. He does not pull any punches. And I recommend this not just because I think this is a very necessary thing that, for example, as a Democrat really needs to look at and consider, um, but also because the book is howlingly funny. Uh, That's really the point that I want to leave you with and why I really recommend it is that not only is Ed a very, very, very smart person, he is a deeply, deeply deeply funny one as well. So this is one of those books that is as as funny as it is scathing and as necessary. And so, you know, it's it's just come out. It was published just last month. It is available basically everywhere you can get books. There is an audiobook version. If you like, uh, you can get it on Kindle. It is very well worth reading and very enjoyable. Uh, as well. It is Chaotic Neutral, How Democrats Lost Their Soul in the Center by Ed Vermilla. My recommendation is completely different. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm going to recommend a food. Oh, excellent. I'm going to recommend that everybody start putting peanut butter on their hamburgers. Wow. Okay. I have done this. I have done this, but I want to hear your, your, your pitch for it. Okay. Let, 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 let me yes. go back. I mm-hmm. study languages. I'm a language teacher. And mm-hmm. one of my language studies that I have done is I have taken Chinese at the Middlebury College Summer Language Program. Mm-hmm. This is a program where you go to Middlebury College, which is in Vermont, and you choose a language that you want to study. And for the eight or seven or six weeks that you are there, depending on the program, you do nothing but speak that language. Right. Right. It's totally immersion. immersion, total immersion. So you take classes where you learn vocabulary and grammar and stuff, but you also do extracurricular activities like you can play soccer or you can do mm-hmm. cultural activities or watch movies. These are all also in language mm-hmm. and you live in the dorms there and you have to speak the language in the dorms and in the cafeteria, et cetera, et cetera. So when I was doing the Chinese one, this is actually a part of my doctorate. It was when I was there in 2018. So I was uh, doing my grad work in Chinese and our co cohort was five people. And one of the women in my cohort was a woman from Taiwan who uh, actually wanted to get the, she was going for the master's to to help her in her teaching. She teaches uh, English. We were chatting in the cafeteria one day and she sits down with her food and then she says, oh, (laughs) I forgot to get the peanut butter. And I, I Uh I didn't get a good look at what she had, but she picked up her tray and she went and she came back. And when she came back, I did look at what she had. And I said, uh, Eugene, you don't, you don't have a peanut butter food. Right. This <laughs> like is you, madness. <laughs> you, you have a, um, a hamburger and French fries. What, what yeah. did you put the peanut butter on? She uh-huh. said, I put it on the hamburger. And I said, are you kidding? She's like, it is my favorite hamburger. This is the my favorite hamburger. I eat it all the time in Taiwan. It's very popular in Taiwan. Mm. You should try it. And I thought, no. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the thing about eating in a cafeteria is that you have everything there for you. Like the vat of peanut butter is there. So mm-hmm. if you go and you get a hamburger from the hamburger station, 
it's pretty easy to walk over and put peanut butter on it. It's not it like going to a restaurant to you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like going to a restaurant where you have to embarrass yourself by asking for peanut butter on mm. your hamburger. Right. Mm-hmm. No one would know. So I was right. like, I got to try this. So the next time I chose to have a hamburger for my lunch, I walked over to the sandwich making station. And instead of putting cheese on my right. hamburger, I put peanut butter and it was the best thing I have mm. ever eaten. <laughs> The saltiness is really good. It, it it mimics the saltiness of the cheese, but it's also got like a sweetness that works really well with the meatiness of the, it's just good. It's mm-hmm. just good all mm-hmm. around. And you can also put crunchy peanut butter on it and then you can have a crunchy hamburger nice. and that's great too. Yes. So my recommendation uh, is if you're having hamburgers at home and mm. nobody is looking, <laughs> put some peanut butter on it and you will discover how amazing it is. I, I, I can, I can share that I have, have done this myself. Now, did you do uh, it I, because I, I told you the story before? Uh, no, okay. uh, well, no, wait, wait, that's a lie. That's a lie. Here's the thing. You told me the story and then I was taken out to dinner by, among other things, my father, uh, who is an absolute food purist he is the yes i'm sure he was horrified yes and the the menu had all these different burgers and there was a pb and j burger and i said i'm gonna do two things at once i'm gonna see if sarah's right and i'm gonna mess with my dad's head real hard you're gonna horrify your father and i ate it and he gave me in 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 the terms of goodfellas he busted my for the entire mm-hmm. meal but i didn't have the heart to tell him that it was delicious now how was um, the jelly was it like grape jelly or strawberry jelly or um like- it was it was a very light uh grape jelly and you know what it did it it was a ketchup it basically okay. had That's, that yeah. kind of sweet tanginess nice. uh, to it so it worked very nicely so by the way if you if, if you like it with peanut butter <laughs> you could probably throw a little you know grape jelly on it too um and it, to. and, and it will still be very very good yeah so, so super good that's Excellent. my recommendation all very right heartily endorsed we only have two more governors left ah all yeah. right we we have abu al qatar who, yes. who showed up and ended the civil war right and then <laughs> we have the guy who took over from him and ah. then, then we're doing something completely different with oh, Al-Andalus, and Excellent. that will be fun. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So next time we will talk about those two. All right. All right. Talk to everybody later. Bye. Bye.